Hello and welcome to another one of our Kentucky Downs shows, a special presentation of In The Money Media. This is our show for the races of Saturday, September 9th, and what a day it is. We've got an incredible amount of stakes racing, five graded stakes on this card. We're going to go over them. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again, joined by a man you've heard on these airwaves many times, whether it's talking about In The Money Plus, of which he is the editor, InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash plus, to learn more about all the great extra content you get there. He's also been on to talk about a fantastic new product that can really help you with your race design, as we call it around here. That's called Thoropace. I hope he's looking at today through that lens as well. He is Tyler Wisman. Tyler, how are you, my friend? Doing great, Pete. Good morning. Did you get down to, uh, to uh, or I guess, uh, yeah, for in your case, geography took me a second. Did you get down to Kentucky Downs at all this meet? Or are you planning to? Uh, no, it's not not going to work out with the schedule, um, but definitely watching the racing. It's you know a fascinating track, um, interesting payouts, and have had some early success in the meet. So looking forward to the the final three days. Excellent. You've been playing in the contests at all? I did play in the the first one. Probably not going to be able to play in in this one just because of baseball and and other uh, things that are going on today. But um, you know. Had had some early luck and then petered out in the the contest, but made up for that with a a nice score on on Thursday. So yeah, that was terrific. A bet a little to win a lot. Generally speaking, as somebody who's very pace oriented, is it easier, harder, or the same to practice your race design techniques that you often use Thoropace product for at a place like Kentucky Downs? It, admittedly, it's a little bit difficult, right? So you got some tricky distances, the carabiner-like uh, layout, which adds some um, complexity to it. So there's a number of variables that I think make the traditional race design a little bit more difficult. I think it's also a, a turf course that throughout the years has had periods and you know, perhaps that has more to do with the rail settings that are you know, more inclined to favor speed. Um, despite what the what we would call our thorough pace forecast would suggest. So there's a lot of things to to factor in. And it is one where race design is a little bit difficult. And, you know, that's only magnified by the fact that, you know, you typically have somewhere between 12, 16 entries. And anytime you get that many, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of things that can go either wrong or unexpected, uh, I suppose. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's still one of the tools in the toolbox, though, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that through through the years and watching races at this course, I mean, it's it's un, it's not unlike other turf courses where with the sprint distances, although they they might be elongated, they're one turn. And in this configuration, it's still horses that I want are, are going to be forwardly placed. And as the distances um, sort of get longer at Kentucky Downs, I'm you know, less worried about having a horse that's forward, right? I think that um, generally speaking so far at this meet, it's been fairly, you know, it's been fair, right? It's played fair. So um, definitely pace is, is always something that that I take into consideration. Um, and we'll talk through that as we walk through the races today. Somehow I'd never heard that description of the course layout before. It's so perfect. The carabiner clip, that's exactly what it looks like. I, at I'm, least I'm actually going to give credit to that to to Eric, who uh, you know, of those in the Money Plus listeners, um, I mean, he has been doing fantastic work, right? Like, um, I think on the first day, he uh, gave out a, yeah, I mean, he's absolutely crushing it, and 
Um, that has probably, I would say, paid for the the price of admission for Plus for s- several people just over the the last two weeks. So, um, you know, Eric always does fantastic work, but he's just putting out a, a very good newsletter each day uh, of the Kentucky Downs meet. And we're going to have more coming with the with, you know Keeneland upcoming and all our special Breeders Cup coverage. It's it's really you know it's a thing we do. It's not, I think a lot of people, you know, it's like, and then pay extra for our picks. And that's really not what this is. It's really more about extra content and gives us an opportunity to, you know, throw some money towards these, these writers and regular contributors. I mean, what Frank's been doing at Del Mar has been amazing. Nick was terrific during Saratoga. It's, it's really worth it. And it's one of the best ways you can support the content around here, which uh, is, is something we all appreciate. Of course, you support us just by listening, and we appreciate that too. But if you want to do a little bit extra, in themoneypodcast.com slash plus. Let's dive into these races, my friend. We'll start off with the first stake, race eight, the Franklin Simpson. Uh, grade two for these three-year-olds going six and a half on the turf. Stop me if you've heard this one. Big full field. Who do you like in here, Tyler? This one is, uh, in, at least in my opinion, the, the last race is fairly tough, but this race I, I pegged as a, a little bit tougher. So um, just as a, a, a quick intro for those that might not be familiar with thorough pace. So we basically create what we call a thorough pace forecast that's on a 70 point scale. So uh, races that are rated minus 35 would we'd be looking for horses that are more forwardly placed uh, speed types and those that are plus 35 we'd be looking for closer or what we refer to as stretch runners uh, so race eight six and a half furlongs um, kind of the, an awkward start in terms of where they they start almost on the turn right and then um, you know we we have the forecast as a plus 1.9 that likely comes down right because uh, obviously field size is factored into the forecast so uh, Kentucky Downs is definitely a place where if you're a, a thorough pace um, subscriber which you can sign up for a free account and in the moneypodcast.com slash thorough pace um, nevertheless if you're one that's familiar with our products you know that as scratches come in the forecast you know can only go down if that makes sense right and so you know with that this is one where i would want to check back with that i think the number seven sweet cherry pie is pretty interesting you got the seven um, and the eight mustache both from bbn racing assuming both run different trainers but um you know i'm much more interested in sweet cherry pie um, maybe get a, a slightly better price. Uh, has some ter- definite turf pedigree, plenty of speed. The last two are good, right? The the, the one two back, perhaps against the track a little bit. Um, the last one, you know, a, a very good effort um, and fits well. If the, this horse takes to the turf, which I expect um, it will, I think is going to be very tough. Um, the other horses that I'm interested in are basically, uh, you know, I, I'm of the opinion that the Hall of Fame is a key piece of form for this this race. So I do like the 12 behind em- enemy lines, um, kind of have that as a thorough pace uh, figure value play, uh, maybe a- a- against the flow with a subtle trip in the last, right? So saved a lot of ground, but may have got stopped a little bit on the hedge there. Uh, I do not like the trainer stat. So Sisterson is over 24 at Kentucky Downs and has only really had one horse to hit the board. So we've got a, a lot to go up against then uh, uh, there. But um, and then the other horses that I would want to use as the A would be Mischievous Angel for Chad Brown. If that horse was to get in, um, you know, didn't do a ton of running in that race, but was a little bit wide. Um, and I really just think that the the top pair specifically in that race are just heads and shoulders above anything that horse will face in here. And the 10, um, who comes in uh, hot connections, the last was off the turf. I'm throwing that out. Really didn't have any pace to close into anyway. So I'm definitely a little bit spready. There's even more that I would back up uh, with, but I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts on this race. 
chirp the 7, 12, 14, and 10, the ones Tyler mentioned. And it's such an open race that I have two to talk about that, you know, definitely value type uh, A's, but but two that didn't even make the top line for Tyler. I was going to start with Private Creed, who I was very interested in from a, from a condition point of view. They have had the run of the race at Saratoga going that five and a half. Um, but I just thought this was a horse that seemed bound to improve second race off the layoff. I just also like the fact that we have Rosario on this closer in a race where I do think the pace will heat up and that favorable inside draw. That was one I wanted. And then I had a very, very goofy one for you as well. And this is a definite, you have to squint to see it. But those last two numbers of Monsieur Coco are really not bad at all. And this horse, you know, speed in a race with too much speed, probably a change of tactics is going to be needed. But I was encouraged. uh, I was encouraged that maybe just maybe Monsieur Coco could get the right kind of ride. Third race off the bench, off a very long layoff. If this horse could get hold up, held up a little bit, I just thought I had a chance to hit the board at something on the order of 20 to 1. And I was very much with the case for the 12 behind enemy lines. Cold Barn notwithstanding, I think there'll be a, hopefully enough of a price to compensate for that. Just another horse that looked potentially the best closer in a race full of speed. I, I love the cutback for this one. I thought that was a move into the hot pace in the uh, in the Hall of Fame, that race that uh, Tyler was citing as potentially uh, one of the key um, races to look at uh, as we approach this Franklin Simpson. Who else do you want to name check in here? I've got the two, three, and twelve. Yeah, so I, I gave the a look to the two private creed, right? So um, you know, you you also have the form over the Kentucky Downs Turf Course, which should not be dismissed uh, by any stretch. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's one that I would use as a B. Um, as well as, uh, you know, one of the AEs, the 15 determinedly, um, if that horse were to get in, I would want to have as a, a backup as well. And then my, my other B, I, I don't want to get beat by mustache, which clearly, uh, you know, appears to be the class of the field. Um, I don't think that horse has to win. And if it goes off favored, would definitely, um, you know, think that we could create some value in this leg again, still, because I have some higher priced horses that I like in other legs would want to back up with a B as opposed to just wholesale tossing. I do think that the, and, and now I'll move kind of into C types, right. And I'll explain this uh, perhaps if we get a chance later, but um, frosted departure has, you know, perhaps a little bit of pedigree that would suggest the turf would be okay for that horse. Um, you know, I've, I've chased this horse, uh, admittedly, uh, all through the summer unsuccessfully, but, you know, perhaps, and, and definitely don't want to get beat today. Um, the four bat flip again, coming out of that hall of fame race, another horse that was very wide. Um, I, I thought, you know, the, the horse kind of stopped a little bit, right. And, and perhaps the cutback, um, helps that one out, uh, just a little. And then the final one that I wanted to use is, you know, Lugan Knight, uh, hasn't really progressed or moved forward necessarily nothing that necessarily screams turf um mccarthy you know one of my favorite trainers hasn't had a ton of success but um if this horse if this course is playing uh kind of speed i know that you know he will be forward perhaps the blinkers on makes him even more aggressive that kind of fits with flo's riding style and you know at what figures to be a a hefty price i I might throw that one in as a c-type as well Second time is a gelding for the stakes winner who was always well thought of and always thought to be more of a sprinter. I can definitely see the case for all. I mean, this is a, frankly, use as many as you can type of a race. Try to get skinny a little bit later. Maybe we can get a little skinnier in race number nine. The ladies turf, fillies and mares for this grade three. We're going a mile and 
this was one where I, I had a, had a, a, a slew, a slew of ideas. I'm actually going to let you go first on this one. See if we can really narrow it down. Uh, no, I will not be narrowing it down. And actually this is a race where I would want to use, you know, more or less a weighted all approach. I think that any of these horses have a case. However, I will say that I do think that the seven new year's Eve, um, you know, I, my guess is people will finally catch up to Brendan Walsh, um, definitely at this meet. Um, and that, you know, with Brendan and, and Tyler in the, the saddle probably goes off slight favorite, um, over white frost, who I think Nick tabbed as the, the morning line favorite, but nevertheless, they'll, they'll be close. Now, the one thing that I want to point out is we have race nine, eight furlong race is having a minus 14.8. So again, in traditional configurations, normal uh, circumstances, turf courses, I would definitely be looking for speed horses and I'm not going to sort of walk away from that approach here. Um, I, I will say that both of those horses, the three white frost and the seven new year's Eve, both of them, you know, theoretically, uh, despite being the class of the race, need a little bit of pace to run at. And I'm not convinced that they're going to necessarily get it. Now, all that said, I'm going to make my top pick the number six sparkle blue, who also needs a little bit of a setup, but I do feel like we'll get first jump on those two. Um, you know, that, that last race I think was a little bit better than looked at Laurel. Uh, so the, the pace was, you know, we have it as being pace disadvantage. So overcame a very slow pace to win impressively needs to continue improving, but there's no reason at all to, you know, think that in the, in the, with these connections that that can't happen. So, um, I want to use the six, the two hottie who could actually just, you know, have aggressive tactics with IRAD and actually perhaps be a brown IRAD overlay um, with the presence of white frost and the, the wash runner. Right. So um, that was another a horse. And then the final one that I wanted to use was the four uh, Quirobin Dorada for Paulo Lobo, who's very sneaky at Kentucky downs and, and quite frankly, all over. Um, this is another horse that I think will have enough of a tactical speed to stay in the race early. And so, you know, basically what I want to do here is use the two, the four and the six as A's and I will use the one, three, five and seven. So the rest of the field as B's just to make sure that I'm covered and get through this leg. So small field, big price is my hope here. All right. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a tricky way to start the sequence. And of course there's way other, many other bets one can look into other than the, other than this uh, all stakes late pick five, if things are getting too expensive, I was going to try to play the pace angle and try to get out of here with haughty and regal realm, just as the ones who I thought were the most likely to get those forward trips. I do not disagree at all with the others being uh, potentially uh, a little bit, a little bit classier, a little bit better closing kick, but I'm just hoping those two can maybe get some distance from the field and based on, depending on how the course is playing, maybe be able to control it from the front end. Haughty one I've always been a fan of. Maybe this could be a day for her to shine in race number nine. Let's go to the turf sprint. We got Breeders' Cup winning. You're in action here and a big full field. This was a race where I quite liked Dr. Zempf. I felt like those Leopardstown runs, galloping left-handed course, said, hey, maybe this is when it is really going to uh, going to like um, this Kentucky Downs configuration. Chad Brown, again, um, been off to uh, a little bit of a slow start to start the meet, but nothing that I worry about. I feel like Dr. Zemph is going to get a great, great um, setup. And you don't really, I don't think at Kentucky Downs, you really have to pay the, 
Irad Ortiz, Chad Brown tax in the same way that you do in New York. Maybe another reason why I'm gravitating towards a couple of his. And the other one I definitely wanted to talk about is the nine gear jockey, a horse whose best days may well be behind him, but can't help but notice that the best race this horse ever ran was the only time he ran here. Second time off the layoff at what should be a big price, even if it's not all of the 30 to one of the morning line, I have to include. Those were the two that I wanted. Of course, lots of other ways you can go, but I definitely wanted to put on record the 12 and the nine. Yeah, I, I really wanted to to make a case for gear jockey, but the, you know, the the last one before we went away at the end of last year was, you know, not good at all. And in the comeback race, you know, which presumably was a prep was, was also not good at all. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to take the negative stance there, but uh, certainly Rusty Arnold can, can pop at big price. And this would be a good one to do that. As I said before, never a good idea to toss the proven Kentucky downs form. So race 10, the, at this configuration, we have this as a plus 16.4 race. Um, you know, again, since it is a sprint, I'm, that doesn't scare me away from speed types. Um, and I will also say that I don't know that I've necessarily seen this confirmed, but I, I think that the Ravelli runner no balls is going to um, Colonial and going to run in, in, in those stakes races, uh, stakes race I, there. I had heard whispers of the opposite, but I'm not sure. When was your when did you hear your news? Um, I, I think that that was something that I kind of picked up or that was hinted at by Marcus Hirsch. So I, I'm going to uh, assume yeah. that, you know, he's in tune with that barn and knows what the intentions are. Um, you would think. I, I guess let me let me put it to you this way. We're going to assume that one Ravelli runner is going to go here and, and one will not. If they both go, then, you know, perhaps my interest in either of them um, diminishes a little bit. But if one goes and the other doesn't, um, I think that this is the case where, you know, first off, that plus 16-4 forecast comes down, right? Because they're both speed types. I would actually prefer that the one one timer um, be the one that goes in this spot. You got the 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 proven form. Um, that buyer and the the last is, you know, pretty gaudy and, and might make this horse attract a little bit more money. Um, but I, I think there's a, a world in which this horse, because of the the jockey um you know, being lesser on a, on a lesser circuit and less familiar where you get every bit of the nine to two. Um, and this is a, a horse that I want to use not only as an A, but I, I also would kind of use it as a, a weighted A, right? So I think this horse may just be faster than the 11 Noble Reflection. Um, in either way, Noble Reflection, if that horse is up front, you know, I really think that the the one is, is the one that comes in in better form um, and, and may get, you know, that fresh ground on the inside and take advantage of that. So, what I'm going to do here is I want to use uh, the 12 Dr. Zimp, who I did come around to a little bit more um, last night, as well as the 10 Dream Shake. Uh, the last was good gets Tyler. Um, it was kind of an interesting choice because, you know, I think um, he probably had choices in this race and just exits a strong race at, at Woodbine. And, and I do think that, um, you know, that that horse fits quite well in here. So basically I'm going to have three A's, the one, the 10 and the 12. I'm going to use two B's, the four bad beat Brian, um, who, you know, again, proven form over Kentucky Downs, as, as well as the five um, Anaconda. I'll back up with those. Um, and, and really what I want to say is how I'm going to play this is since I am using C types and other legs, this is one where when I use those C types, I'm actually going to single one timer to play those combinations, if that makes sense. So um, I want to use one 10, 12 as A's, but I'm going to lean, you know, even more so on one timer and some of those, um, you know, long, longer backup tickets, if that makes sense. 
it does. And ticket construction, just so important, obviously, always, but especially when you have a complicated sequence like this and that, that concept of the A-plus horse or the pressed-up A, as we sometimes call it, very very good to uh, very good to highlight those. So 1, 12, and 10, pressing the 1 with the 4 and the 5 on the backup line. I am going to get Gear Jockey, the 9, in there somewhere, and I'm very interested in Dr. Zemp. See if we can get Chad Brown going today this Saturday at Kentucky Downs with all these stakes races. Next up, we've got race number 11, more stakes action. This is the Ladies Turf Sprint Stakes Field of Nine. Tyler, we'll keep it with you. Yeah, so the, the number six base storm, um, you know, definitely has, again, some proven form over Kentucky Downs, um, has pegged as the, the nine to five morning line. But I think in in watching that uh, race from Alice Park, I'm not so sure that the uh, the two Coria Comet didn't run perhaps a slightly better race. Um, so with me, I'm going to take a stand slightly against the six and try to create a little bit of value here. Um, you know, I've noticed in these multi-leg sequences, all you really need to do is beat one to two favorites, um, especially if they're anywhere near, you know, two to one or less, and you can really juice up the the payout. So I'm going to take the approach that I'm going to have at least one of the best speeds. Um, you know, the last couple of races notwithstanding, I'm hoping that with Talamo, I get an uh, aggressive ride on the two Coria Comet. Um, well, again, I already mentioned that Lobo is kind of sneaky. So know that that horse will be, you know, somewhat forwardly placed. And then uh, if for whatever reason this race were to heat up, which, you know, we do not have that with thorough pace, it's a minus 10.4. Um, so definitely want those forward types. Uh, but still, I, th- I think that Wakanaka, this is a horse that, you know, really isn't great at anything. Uh, but perhaps that's because uh, this mayor hasn't found the appropriate distance. Um, so, you know, has ran well at a mile, um, cut back and ran okay uh, in the, the last race, especially given that the pace setup or lack thereof and the caress stakes. And, you know, so maybe this is somewhere in between and, and hits this one uh, right between the eyes, as they say. So I'm going to take a stand here and use the two and three as A types. And I will only back up with one horse and that would be as a C type. And that's the seven hour flash drive. So, um, I'm, I'm going to try to get pretty skinny here um, and just try to survive these two, this leg with the, the two and the three. Very bold taking on base storm. Um, but I hear you. I did have Corey, a comet listed as my top pick for all the reasons you said, and I was just going to keep base storm uh, on side, figuring maybe the right kind of ride just in behind that one. Um, you know, as they, as they hit the turn and get going, I definitely hear your case on Wakanaka as the potential best closer. I'm going to throw that one in as a, as a B type. I've, I've looked at her a bunch, definitely could have the best closing kick. And I think we just look through those PPs might just be crying out for a galloping six and a half furlong. So we'll see how it plays out there. As we go to our final race, the Kentucky turf cup, more win and you're in action for the breeders cup and a giant another giant full field this is a race where i think a lot 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 of the attention is going to go to red knight and therapist are you with one of those are you going to try to pull in something at a bigger price to close things out yeah brutally tough race to to end things here and you know i would want to be alive to as many as possible uh, i will say that i, I want to use four as a types and one of them you mentioned red knight um you know not much needs so, to be said there right so that's uh, the field exactly yeah and and I, b- I believe um, if I remember my notes are correct that, you know, it's two, one and one at Kentucky downs, right? Like, um, you know, in, in, in this race, nonetheless, right. So the nine-year-old appears to be in solid form still um, loves these extended distances. So fits very well. Um, I also want to use the 12 spooky channel as an a horse as well. So 
Um, this horse definitely owes me nothing. One of the the bigger scores of the, the past five or 10 years is when this horse won the 2020 McKnight, um, you know, had a, a, a nice pick four um, into Mucho Gusto on Pegasus World Cup Day. So that, that worked out quite well. Um, and if this last was a prep, right, like this horse has plenty of back races that fits well with these. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, I don't think that 20 to one is realistic with this horse. I think it's probably closer to 15 to one. That said, there's a lot of other horses that are going to take money. So maybe it is realistic. So I'm hoping that that's one that can, can juice up the payouts. Um, you know, we haven't probably talked about it as much as we should, but Brendan Walsh has just been on fire at this meeting. So he has two runners in this. And I, I'm actually wondering if people are going to get a little bit cute and side a little bit more with Verstappen, who appears to, you know, perhaps be the one that that is more proven at the distance, um, also has some Kentucky Downs form. Um, Declan Cannon has also been riding very well, again, for Walsh. And so I'm wondering if that one actually takes more money than the number four horse, Santon. Um, I, I think that it's interesting that Gaffleone gets off of this horse, right? Like, um, but he's going to the presumed, you know, or potential favorite in Red Red Knight, right? So I don't want to be too critical of that. But when I combine that with the likely pace setup, um, you know, and the fact that Giroud takes over, who typically is aggressive and, and rides a little bit more forward, I actually like Santine a lot in this spot. So again, the the trainer very, um, very hot at the meet. I think that the jockey is going to give the trip that I would in most likely envision, which is sitting, you know, just off the the pace setter, perhaps even on the lead. <clears throat> and so, excuse me, the, the final thing that I would, would say is that I think there's a lot of questions about whether this horse can get the distance. And, you know, this is one that a uh, turf course that perhaps plays even longer. And, and I get all that, but there's nothing necessarily in, in, you know, he hasn't done it yet, which to me kind of says, well, there's no proof that he can't do it. And given the barn is so hot and that I actually think this horse drifts up a little bit, I think that Santin could actually be the value of the race. And so if I had to give a top pick, it would be the four Santin, but I want to use the two, the four, um, the three and the 12 as A's and I'll let you speak and I'll give a, a few backups as well. Agree completely about Santine. This is a horse I think a lot of people are going to see, oh, got tired at the end of the million. Maybe he doesn't want the mile and a half. I really don't think that's the case. I mean, what happened there to me is this horse basically was sitting right up on a pace that absolutely collapsed and still stuck on well for second with a more efficient ride. And I think, you know, even with the big full field, I don't think this is going to be some blazing pace. I think he's going to get an absolutely perfect trip. I think there's a real chance this horse could keep just just keep on galloping and and be able to get the job done. I was going to in a race where I think the natural inclination is going to be for everyone to spread. I was going to try to get real skinny, make Santine sort of my play of the day, trying these pick fives to get alive to this runner and then maybe do some hedging if I if I get alive through the through those first four legs. I mean, look, I sure wouldn't mind having Red Knight um, in the mix as well on on certain combinations or that was one of the horses that I would back up with. Um, but you know, with Walsh flying at the meet, I thought this was maybe a clever single or at least a plus type press to close things out on this uh, stakes laden card. Yeah, and, and I, I kind of buried the lead from a thorough pace perspective, right? Which, you know, Santine is the the horse that we have is he has the pace disadvantage uh, flag in the last race. So, he, you know, that that last race, you know, obviously set piece ran a, 
a monster race, but, um, you know, Santine was right there with a, a pace that we have as being, you know, quite fast and held on very gamely. So I definitely think that that race was perhaps better than looked from a, a pace perspective. There are two horses that I would definitely want to use as, as B types, um, just, you know, for completeness sake. If you look at the number eight, never explained, I think that this is an, an interesting horse, um, you know, stretches out to the furthest distance that this horse has ever, ever run. Um, but there's, there's definitely some suggestion here that that might be more than okay for this horse, at least in my mind. And, you know, Chug is winless or well, I guess he's one for 11 at the Kentucky Downs meet, but you know, the barn is actually on fire, right? So actually seven of the 11 have been in the money that he sent out here. And then he's, you know, doing quite well at Colonial right now. I get the feeling that if there's enough pace that Rosario could just, you know, ride this one. And, and if the, the course is playing fair, this one has plenty of light kick and definitely a horse that I would want to use as a, as a B type. Um, and then the, the final horse that I wanted to talk about as a B type may actually not get into the race. And that's the number 14 cellist who I think, um, you know, has a little bit of a proven form over the course. And, um, you know, I just, just think for a, a relatively, um, sneaky barn. I actually think that this horse ran a better race than me and Mr. C, the other maker runner in here. Um, and one that probably because it's sitting on the AE list um, and given the connections probably gets a little bit lost in the wagering if for whatever reason he does draw in. Um, so that's one I would want to back up with as well. Another variation on the Kitten's Joy English Channel cross with that one being by Big Blue Kitten. That cross is also represented by Spooky Channel, who you mentioned as well. Just something you've been following all meet long these horses seem to particularly like kentucky downs well that's great stuff my friend really appreciate all your thoughts on this tell people one more time the best way they can learn more about thoroughpace yeah so the the best way is to sign up for a free account if you sign up for a free account you know no credit card insert or anything needed it's just in the money podcast.com slash thoroughpace so t-h-o-r-o-p-a-c-e That'll get you a free count and you get all of our data for all Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, you know, and there, there's no like gimmicks uh, associated with that. Right. So we just came off of Labor Day and, you know, obviously you got all the the free data for the racing on Labor Day uh, was included in that. And so, you know, you can get familiar with the product by looking at, at things through, you know, the, the Monday and Tuesday data that we have. Um, and, you know, if you're still interested, there's three da- days left of Kentucky Downs, uh, but also the entire meet of Keeneland. We have a special where you would get our data for those, uh, both of those meets along with anything that you get in the free package for 29 bucks, which seems, um, you know, like a pretty good deal to us. So again, if you, if you check out your free account or if you want to sign up for a trial, that's a a good low cost uh, entry. And, um, you know, if you have any questions, please reach out to me and we'll try to to help you along in your process of learning how I use this and how, uh, you know, it can provide valuable insights into your handicapping process. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do another uh, visual seminar around uh, around Keeneland or soon we should do. It's been a minute since we did that. Uh, what's the best place for people to reach you, Tyler? Um, you know, I can be found at, at Twitter or, you know, you can always reach out through the Theropace website as well. So what's your handle on Twitter? Uh, just first and last name, Tyler Wisman. An early, an early adopter, I'm guessing, for to have the first name, last name on Twitter without any weirdness. That's good stuff. And there's got to be other Tyler Wismans in the world. Um, I'll just second what you were saying about how Therapace can really help you with race design. I use it in conjunction with Timeform US. And when there's a lot of agreement, 
you know, I feel like I can bet those scenarios with more con- with more confidence. You know, it's not foolproof. Jockeys and their agents and trainers, they look at the form too, and sometimes things get uh, gummed up. But as you can tell from the way that I approach my horse playing, you know, trying to make educated guesses about that to winnow down fields is something I do all the time, and Therapace definitely helps with that. We're out of time, my friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Pete, and good luck to all the listeners. We'll thank Tyler one more time. We'll thank our sponsors at Kentucky Downs. Most of all, I want to thank all of you, the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do. For In the Money Media, I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos. <laughs>